the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Are you ready to get down to business? Join seasoned entrepreneur, community leader, and Army veteran Scott Shalom Klein, who will take you behind the scenes with those who work in America's small business scene and speak with leaders making an impact, creating jobs, and telling their story in entrepreneurship. So let's get down to business. On AM560, The Answer, here's your host, Shalom Klein. And indeed, we are all about small business jobs and entrepreneurship and business. We talk a lot about business here on Get Down to Business. And I'm Rosh Shalom Klein. Remember, you can always download podcasts from Get Down to Business on my website at sykline.com. And while you're there, don't follow me on Twitter at Shalom Klein. It's great to have you on uh, this week. We've got a great show lined up for us. And I'm going to kick it off in a conversation with the author of Judgment, The Art of Momentous Decision Making. That's Chris Maylander. And... Um, Chris has received many accolades for his book, um, and we're going to talk all about it. But uh, just a little bit of background on uh, on Chris. Uh, he counsels corporate and national government clients through decision paths uh, faced in the pursuit of extraordinary outcomes. An incredible client roster, including MasterCard, Bank of Montreal, Federal Home Loan Bank System, and the list goes on and on and on. Um, I know, Chris, you've worked with folks all over truly all over the world um, in many sorts of different economies. We're in an interesting one right now. Chris, welcome to the program. Thanks so much for joining us. Thank you very much, Shalom. Absolutely. So, Chris, um, the book is called Judgment, the Art of Momentous Decision Making. So decision, it sounds like that's something if I were to create a word cloud in your day, probably decisions is probably a word that would come up quite a bit. Uh, Tell us a little bit about your background and why you became so passionate about this topic so much to actually write a book and dedicate your career to it. Yeah, absolutely. I've spent the last 30 years working, as you mentioned, with corporations and, and governments around the world. And it's been in a variety of very, very different contexts and circumstances. And at the end of the day, I have found that the, the, the key ingredient is, is judgment, that, that ethereal quality that affects how our decisions are made. And so in writing this book, I wanted to be able to to uh, distill a number of those lessons that I've picked up along the way, working with CEOs and, and, and country leaders, the military and so forth, to uh, create a strategy, a framework, a set of methods, a less set of lessons that we could use, whether we're in small business or entrepreneurs or large businesses or serving our community in some fashion. That's great. No, fantastic. And uh, again, you have truly become that subject matter expert on the topic. So let's dive into it a little bit. So, you know, you talk about decisions. What is a decision arc and why is it so critical to understand how the different arcs may present themselves depending on, you know, the specific situation? Yeah, absolutely. Um, the, the, The concept around decision arc really is something that emerged for me when I began my career in Washington and I was working on policy issues. And part of my job was to literally be able to track legislation and regulation in that noisy, pressure-filled, conflict-oriented environment, and then determine what is rising, what is falling, 
What do we need to move on? What needs to get uh, buried? Um, and in that process, it's, it, I visualize this, at least metaphorically, as this arc that is out in front of us. And, and the same is true, whether you're managing your small business or, or, or a large company, is that there are a series of arcs along the way out in front of us. Some of them are going to be very short term. They may happen in the next 15 minutes, the next day, the next week, and so forth. But some arcs have a much longer duration over the next three to five years, et cetera. And so what we're, what the, it's a central concept in this work which is to understand that decision arc. And then we start to break down various qualities or attributes associated with it. Time being one, is it a short-term or a long-term arc? Um, do we have leverage? What is our objective positioning around it? Do we understand the contextual environment? What are the rules today? And how could those rules change in the future? And those sorts of uh, analyses and, and, and analytical steps as part of understanding that decision arc then really help us to make the, the best decision possible. Absolutely, absolutely. Again, I'm chatting with the author of Judgment, The Art of Momentous Decision-Making. That's Chris Maylander. And Chris, you know, I've had an opportunity to read through the book and um, you, in the book, you deconstruct three crucial moments in revealing the clues, strategies, methods, and techniques that rising CEOs, government executives, and military leaders can use to improve their own judgment in critical situations. But you really dive through it through uh, exploring three historic events, which are a nuclear submarine commander hunting a Russian enemy in the Sea of Japan during the Cold War, Wall Street executive navigating the 2008 financial collapse, the senior director of the White House Situation Room responding to the devastating 2015 terrorist attack in Paris. So, you know, it's interesting. Those moments de- uh, that you deconstruct read like political thrillers. What was your approach in writing this book and i almost hesitated using that word book but we'll just go with it for the moment yeah it, it it's several fold one of which is i wanted to take these three case studies and i knew principles in each one of those circumstances where i could get their inside view and then do significant research around it and so consequently the the uh, uh sub commander that was operating in the sea of japan chasing soviet subs um, I knew part of his story, but then a number of those uh, uh, dynamics have been declassified over time. And so I was able to piece together the larger framework in which those decisions are made at that point in time. The same is true of that 2008 financial crisis in which the global financial system sat at, the, at, a, at a precipice that was the most significant since the, um, the Great Depression. And thirdly, being able to personally interview the senior director of the White House Situation Room and how they make those processes. These are three very different case studies at very different points in time that uh, are unrelated. And so an experiment came up in my mind, which is, can they be broken down individually? And then we look for the deeper codes and patterns, which transcend those three distinct environments in order to get to the fundamental truths of how good decisions are making. And I think that's the the importance of it. The second dynamic of it in, in my interest in writing the story or, or the book in this way is to do a lot of storytelling. I think it's the most interesting way for us to engage with the content. It's an interesting way to learn the lessons and bring those stories alive as a way to, to, to learn some 90 different lessons about how we can improve our own personal decision-making regardless of the environment that we might be in. So true. Absolutely. Again, I'm chatting with Chris Maylander. The book is called uh, Judgment, the Art of Momentous Decision-Making. Um, Chris, as I understand, your first job at a law school was with a firm in D.C. counseling major players in finance and politics. So, you know, that must have been a, uh, a key moment, um, a uh, crucible moment uh, to, 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 quote, uh, to quote from, uh, as we've talked about earlier in the conversation. What did you learn about decision-making while working there? 
it was interesting time because I represented corporations and and banks in the context of Washington D.C. and those are two different very you know very different ecosystems. So taking bank executives, for example, that were involved in some fairly significant uh, events and, and transactions that did not go well, for example, and being able to take them through a process of dealing with Congress. Um, you have worlds collide. You have different trophies being sought in these two different communities. Politicians wanting to be able to understand um, what mistakes were made and and how someone might be punished associated with that. Um, whereas you had bank executives who are focused on financial transactions and how to 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 both make money but also de-risk uh, particular financial transactions. The language is different. The structures are different. And therefore, we had this really interesting opportunity to figure out what's the right course of action, how to bring these these different kinds of decision makers together to get the best ultimate solution. And so it was a, a really rich environment for learning how these decision arcs unfold and the competing tensions uh, that are involved. Absolutely. So, Chris, um, as we're coming to a close in our conversation, um, you know, I, I'm thinking that so many of our listeners are small business owners, entrepreneurs, and, you know, throughout the program, we're going to talk about the different phases of a, of a business. Um, and often some of those key decision-making might tend to take place later. But in reality, as I think of the genesis of a business, um, there's a lot of decisions that are made in, in working with a banker, working with a lawyer, working with an accountant, and so on. Are there any takeaways or homework assignments that you would have for a startup that might be tuning in? Yeah, absolutely. And I work with a fair number of uh, entrepreneurial firms and have spent time in Silicon Valley. So I uh, am quite uh, uh, familiar with the decision-making environments in those contexts. And I think one of the, the biggest takeaways, for example, from the book is this, for a small business person, is, is look for opportunities where you can create asymmetric value, asymmetric power. And that is that Oftentimes, the the younger startup-oriented firm is competing against some sort of incumbent, but they have a unique angle. And you really want to be able to, to draw into that unique opportunity, which changes the power of relationship. You have more flexibility in how you pursue something. You are, have the flexibility to think about the problem in a different way. And so that's really where your power stems from. And you have to lean into that. That can be scary. I know working with a number of entrepreneurs, you know, the, the question always is we have limited resources, limited time available to us. How do we get the most impact? And so you're looking for that unique uh, sliver of light that you can crack through. And oftentimes, if you can do that, you'll find that the rules change when you're competing against a larger firm. If you can find the right opportunity and capitalize on it, the rules will change and I'll create a, uh, something new for you to, 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 to pursue. Absolutely. Chris, I've really enjoyed our conversation. I want to make sure our listeners can get in touch with you. How can they do that? Yeah, for two things. One of which is the book is available on Amazon, both in hardcover, paperback, and Kindle versions. And then being able to get a hold of me personally can be done through Chris at ChrisMaylander.com. So Chris at ChrisMaylander.com. And we'll link in our show notes as well. Uh, speaking of show notes, get on my website, swagline.com. Quick break, more small business jobs and entrepreneurship when we return in just a moment. Welcome back to Get On Business, the show all about small business jobs and entrepreneurship. I'm absolutely thrilled to be joined by truly a legend, I'm joined by Anita Call. 
who has received so many accolades and recently received recognition on many magazine covers um, in, uh, in the area of fashion. And that's a really important topic that we don't talk enough about as it relates to small business and entrepreneurship. Again, Anita, you've, you've been mentioned that folks search your name, Anita, K-A-U-L. Uh, folks will see so much about you. But honestly, I want to hear about your story. You actually weren't in fashion, as I understand. You weren't focusing on that high-end clientele that so many of our listeners know you for. Do you mind telling us your story? Good morning, Chicago. Hi, Shalom, and greetings to everyone tuned in for the show. My name is Anita Call, and I'm originally from New Delhi, India, settled in Bangkok, Thailand. My background has been education. I used to teach English as a second language at the British School in Bangkok, and my parents wanted me to have a strong education foundation, so I did my graduation in environmental science, followed by a master's in English literature and a degree in education, including one from Cambridge. So I opted for a teaching career, which made me self-sufficient and financially independent at a very young age. As a teenager, I used to follow fashion. I loved to read the Cosmopolitan magazine and follow the latest fashion trends and wished I could feature someday on the cover of a fashion magazine, which eventually did happen, though many years later. So my story is very interesting. I married a hotelier and came to Bangkok, which is my home since 23 years. So it all started when we bought our home and did the interiors. It took us almost two years to do a house with a team of designers. Many local and international magazines approached me to feature our house in the publications, which was really exciting. I loved the concept of dressing up my house and myself for the feature. Lights, cameras, action were really exciting. And I didn't realize till then that I had a natural flair for styling and doing the feature brilliantly all by myself, which I thoroughly enjoyed. Life gave me an opportunity to travel to different places across the globe, where I got the chance to meet people, observe their lifestyle closely, and gradually luxury and fashion became my forte. So this Amazing. is my story. Amazing. It's an inspiring story. I mean, that's, that's incredible. A young lady from New Delhi calls Bangkok home. Wow. So our audience <laughs> is international and primarily in the small business and entrepreneurial community. So, I mean, Anita, you and I have had this conversation offline, but what do they need to know so they can, quote unquote, dress for success? Okay. So I stick by three things. The first, I would say, by dressing up well, you keep it in mind, you are, you're giving respect to the place you go and the organization who is conducting your interview. So dress up, be yourself, and give it your best shot. Confidence speaks volumes, so don't forget to wear it wherever you go. And third, the most important thing, create a right thought and be a master of your own destiny. You need to create the so right true. thought. I'm the best. I can do it. And if you really want something and you focus on that, the entire universe helps you to achieve it. 
I, I'm taking notes over here. Again, I'm chatting with Anita Call. Uh, I'm nodding vigorously. I know our listeners are as well. And, uh, you know, Anita, uh, you and I have talked that a lot has changed since COVID. A lot has changed certainly in your life. It's had changed in my life, but certainly for all of our amazing listeners, um, standards and fashion, you know, specifically working professionals. A lot of folks are working remotely, might be on camera. What can they do to sort of stand out and, and make themselves heard, um, whether it's with clients or employees and so on? Any advice? Uh, I would say be yourself, wear the attire, which gives you the confidence and showcases your personality, which is actually you and how you would like people to remember you. Build up your persona, which distinguishes you as an individual. That's great advice. That's fantastic advice. Um, you've had a, an impressive career. Um, and we've talked a little bit about it. And I know we're going to share your website, your Instagram in a couple of minutes so folks can get in touch with you. But what's next for you? What are your goals for the remainder of 2023, realizing that we're actually rapidly approaching the, uh, the holidays, believe it or not? <laughs> Well, I would love to collaborate with some good fashion and luxury brands. So that's my focus for 2023 and uh, months coming. Well, that's great. Um, that's fantastic. And, uh, you know, we'll definitely get people in touch with you to make sure uh, that they can uh, that they can uh, establish those relationships and follow your many accolades, your media interviews, and 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 see what's trending. Again, impressive stories. We're chatting with Anita Call. Um, uh, again, uh, goes from New Delhi. Uh, you know, now in Bangkok, and uh, I recently had the opportunity to spend some time with you and and see just uh, just really how you are inspiring so many. Uh, folks, not just uh, in the United States, where many people know you, not just in India, um, where uh, where you where you came from, not just in Thailand, but globally, you have a phenomenal, phenomenal reputation. But if folks remember, let's call this nothing else from this interview, and I hope they remember everything, and hopefully they'll take notes, and we'll link in the show notes at sykline.com. Do you have any homework assignments for our listeners so they can actually get started in their, as we said a moment ago, dress for success mission? Okay, so the first thing, I firmly believe, love yourself and the world follows you. Self-confidence and belief in oneself will make you the winner. Look yourself in the mirror and appreciate yourself. Remember, people will always appreciate you when you appreciate yourself. That's uh, that's critical. That's absolutely critical. And, uh, you know, so many of our listeners uh, on Get Down to Business reach out all the time. And, you know, the sad thing is that we can't actually show our faces, Anita. We can't actually show that fashion. But it's, it's interesting whether we're talking small business, we're talking entrepreneurship, or we're talking employment, jobs, something that, again, the economy goes up, goes up and down in terms of folks looking for work, or frankly, even companies that are looking to attract talent. Everybody's constantly in sales mode. Everybody's constantly um, selling themselves, selling their companies and so on. And one thing that I've learned from you, from getting to know you and watching your style, your professionalism, your flair, um, frankly, that you, uh, that you exuberate in, in, in every way that you, uh, that you conduct yourself is that you are, you know, you always need to make sure that you're paying attention to that. Um, Actually, literally uh, in a couple of minutes on the program, we're going to uh, talk about CEO branding and why it's so important. Again, 
in every message that gets put out online uh, to make sure that you're paying attention to that uh, to that image, whether it's in the written word, the visual world, word, the oral word. All of those are so important. So speaking of the visual word for a moment, um, Anita, I know you have a lot about you online. Um, but we're going to make it really easy for our listeners. And of course, we'll link in our show notes as well. Where can people find you? as well as uh, find out about all of your upcoming projects, as we said, in 2023 and, uh, and beyond. Any, uh, any links that you want to share with our listeners? Absolutely. I would love them to follow me on my Instagram, call.anita, and my website, www.anitacall.world. And for my on for my videos, I would love them to follow me on my YouTube channel, Anita Call Dot. Fantastic. Absolutely. Um, and there's so much, there's so much content. And uh, I mean, this year alone, I know uh, you've had multiple, uh, multiple covers um, and, uh, and you're just continuing to uh, set the way. And I'm just honored that we're able to bring you on for a few short minutes to share with, as you said, in the show intro, Chicago and the world, um, you know, what you're doing. And we'll make sure to bring you back on to talk about dressing for success again in the future. This is not just a, something for the fashion models that are out there, but frankly, for every small business owner, um, um, again, whether you are looking for clients, whether you're looking for a job, or frankly, whether you're looking to bring people on, you want to make sure that you are giving the right impression. And, and you know, in this conversation, we've talked about uh, paying attention to that virtual image as well. I took some good notes on that, and I know our listeners will want to learn more. So one more time, Anita, can you share your website? Yes. My website is www. Dot Anita Call dot world. Anita Call dot world. Fantastic. Again, you've been listening to Get Down to Business, the show all about small business jobs and entrepreneurship. You get on my website, sycline.com. It's where we'll link to this conversation, as well as, of course, all of the past 10 plus years of shows all about small business jobs and entrepreneurship. And speaking of linking, make sure you get on your favorite podcast app, Google, Spotify, Apple. Uh, just search for Get Down to Business. But really, really important, make sure you subscribe, rate, review, and share. It makes it even easier for others to find out about all about the show, all about small business jobs and entrepreneurship. It's headlines commercials we'll be right back don't touch that dial hey welcome back to get down to business this show all about small business jobs and entrepreneurship we are back and i'm joined by the ceo of ascended group branding that's where old davis he is an award-winning ceo branding firm uh, that he leads built on referrals and inspired by trust since 2004 i go on and on about role but uh, he's a member of the forbes agency council regularly contributes content to Forbes. He's the author of the fantastic read. It's called Firestarters, How Innovators, Initiators, and, and Instigators Can Inspire You to Ignite Your Own Life. That's a lot of eyes in there. Um, Roel has been at the White House, U.S. Senate, U.S. Chamber of Commerce, and the list goes on and on. And most importantly, Roel, I know your life philosophy is paving the way for others. Uh, Roel, how did you develop all of that passion and paving the way for others, that mindset? And tell, us, tell our listeners a little bit about yourself. Yeah, I mean, it, it all started with me by having really great mentors in undergrad and other people giving me opportunity. I had an opportunity to book a speaking engagement on campus. We had about 1,100 students there. And I said at a speaker bureau we were working with, hi, do you have any internships? They said, no. I said, can you give me one anyway? 
So I started booking speakers for them at other universities across the country, eventually became one of her top salespeople. A few years later, two of the clients from that bureau asked me to start my own agency. And that's how Ascendant was born in 2004. We started out managing public speakers, took about two years to determine that their personal brand was in what influenced how much they speak. So we got into PR and branding. And then a couple of years later, we started having more CEOs and executives as clients. And we decided to step into that world. And, and 13 years later, we're known as one of the top CEO branding firms in the world. Congratulations on that. That's incredible. Again, I'm chatting with Raul Davis, who is CEO branding expert, speaker, and best-selling author. Raul, I'm gonna I'm gonna you know cut to the chase over here because that's what we do here on Get Down to Business. My understanding is that you had a 1.25 GPA uh, in in high school. Um, is that accurate? That was my freshman year. Correct. That's crazy. And now again, you are uh, one of the top ranking CEO branding and PR agencies in the world. You mentioned mentorship, you mentioned, you know, having amazing people around you. But I mean, gosh, what's what's some of the inspirations and, and most importantly, what's some of the tips that you have for fellow entrepreneurs that might be tuning in that may have come from a challenging place? Yeah, I mean, I, I think the biggest thing is, is to understand that what has happened to you in life doesn't define you. And it's about looking ahead. And that's what really we, we, we talk about in, in the book Firestart is, is like people being able to tap into what is it that gets them moving the most and then defining a strategy against that. So for me, I realized that helping other people reach their potential was something that I was very passionate about. And I guess because I had so many challenges myself and I essentially built a business around it. And, and, you know, we, we've always kind of thought about having the bridge where, you know, the vision is represented by where you want to get to and us kind of being and building the bridge that gets you there. Amazing. And again, as mentioned, you wrote a book called Firestarters, how innovators, instigators, initiators can inspire you to ignite your own life, which again, I love that title. And more importantly, I love the content. So what about your experience in working with CEOs? And I know you've worked with so many, but also other high performers inspired you to write that book. Um, well, so a, a couple of things about this whole world of, of CEO branding. So one thing people have to realize is that business isn't just business to business or business consumer, but it's age to age, human to human connection. So how do you develop that emotional connectivity for a brand? And my uh, mentor of mine, Chris Collins, uh, shared with me this idea that all of us have two choices. Either you can get branded or you can get labeled. And so... So many people have great products, they have great ideas, but they're not willing to put themselves out there. And I think that what people need to realize is that you owe it to the marketplace if you have a good product to make sure people are seeing it. And one of the best ways to do that is for you to become the chief storyteller for your business because them seeing that alignment between who you are and your business makes them that much more of a believer. Absolutely. Couldn't agree more. And that's, you know, the whole idea behind, like you said, that CEO branding, um, which is absolutely critical. So, I mean, we only have about a minute, minute and a half remaining for our conversation. And I want to, again, leave this with some real practical tips for a moment on on basically what our listeners, again, CEOs, maybe at a, of a small firm, a small agency, you know, just getting going, what they need to know to get the process started, because it doesn't always start with, uh, with, the, with, the, uh, uh, with the spotlights, does it? No, it doesn't. And I'll, I'll say two things very quick. So one, I will come to the a kind of key theme in the book that, that ties with us is this idea of cognitive convergence. And the, the quickest way I can explain it is that 
highly successful people have a way of contorting reality to make it work for them. So if they face a challenging situation, they will find something from their past that they did was difficult. And even if it isn't a perfect fit, put it into this situation. So fast example is Tom Brady. We're down, what, 28 to Korea in the Super Bowl. No one had ever come back from that far behind. But he thought about all the other times he came back. And even though it wasn't from the same amount, he still took that into that moment. And because of that confidence and the belief, you could see his team following it. And they did really amazing things. Um, Four CEOs real quick. But one thing is to be a thought leader. You have an expertise. Make sure you're putting that in the marketplace because media doesn't care about your corporate press release Mm -hmm. about your product. What they care about is what value are you providing? Uh, You know, Raul, I wish we'd go on and on, but we have uh, a commercial coming in in just a moment. Where can we get in touch with you so we can learn more and pick up a copy of your book? Absolutely. So ascendinggroupbranding.com is a website, and I'm really great on Instagram, Raul Davis Brands, R-A-O-U-L, Davis Brands on Instagram. Absolutely. Raul Davis, really appreciate you coming on the program. We'll link in our show notes as well. Can we bring you on to talk more CEO branding and talk a little bit more about your story? Very, very inspiring. Congratulations on all of your success. Quick break here on the show about small business jobs and entrepreneurship. We'll be right back. Welcome back to Get Down to Business, the show all about small business, jobs, and entrepreneurship. I have a very, very special treat in store for you. I'm joined by Martha Marchese, who is the CEO of JK Design, a branding authority with a powerhouse client roster, which honestly goes on and on, but just to name a few, Johnson & Johnson, Phillips, Priceline, Prudential, ADP, Tiffany & Co. I'm just going to stop right there. Um, I want to talk, Martha, with you a little bit about, again, your, your practice. Um, but specifically, I mean, you have quite the, uh, quite the reputation, certainly with that, with that client list. Um, and you are honestly the subject matter expert um, in everything talking creative. Um, our listeners can't see you, but you, you certainly uh, pride yourself on the brand names and those identities. Um, and specifically, we're going to talk about emotional intelligence. So before we get too deep in the conversation, Martha Marchese, welcome to the program. Thank you so much for having me. Absolutely. It is an absolute honor. Um, there is a tremendous buzz, Martha, um, out there advocating the power um, of emotional intelligence in modern marketing and branding endeavors. Let's talk a little bit about that. Why is that the case? And what's some of the trends that you've been seeing just out there in industry as a whole? Of course. Well, if you think about it, what is EQ? It, it's really understanding your customer. I think it's knowing what's important to them. It's looking at things through their lens. And above all, it's creating an emotionally driven, empathetic story that's going to connect with them. I mean, think about all the buzzwords we're hearing today. Empathy, transparency, authenticity, honesty. These have become expectations by consumers. You know, we do a lot of work in the B2B space, and it's no different with customers there. People want to know that you share their beliefs, their values, that you understand their needs. And if you do that, you do it well, it leads to the most important thing of all, and that's trust. So I think today it's about building trust with consumers. That's really what we're seeing is that trust is at the bedrock of engagement. It's at the bedrock of retention with your employees. Trust really is at the heart of all of it. 
It sure is. I, I couldn't agree more. And in fact, there was a uh, 2023 emotional intelligence market study, which we'll link in our show notes. I'm citing heavy growth. That's in a quote of 49, almost 50 billion. That's right with a B U.S. dollars uh, by 2027. Um, exemplifying the extent on mastering EQ versus IQ and taking brands to exciting new levels of success. So I know that's something that you analyze closely. Um, telltale signs that a brand lacks emotional intelligence. So many of our listeners tuning in, um, you know, are just getting thing getting their businesses started. They're very focusing on honestly bringing in their first client, their fifth client, their 15th client, and so on. But at some point, folks are taking a step back. And I, I see this from certainly hosting the show for 10 plus years and actually developing that brand. So Martha, from your experience in not only working with big companies, but frankly, consulting and helping helping folks in, in developing that brand, what are the things that they need to pay attention to um, in the early stages of that brand development? Uh, that's a great question. And I want to start by saying it's not hard to build authentic EQ. You just have to put in the work. And I think there are some fundamentals. The, the first is you need to invest in research. You need to keep a, a feedback pulse in place. You need to really, really understand your customers. So if you don't start with that fundamental understanding, you can't build an authentic emotional connection. I think the second thing is take a look at your values. Make sure that, A, you're communicating them out and also that they reflect who you are. Think about it. As a company, you are always growing, you're evolving, you're changing, and you've got to make sure that your values are a current reflection of what you stand for. So examine your values, make sure they reflect you as a company, and then really communicate them out well. And that's a big part of building trust. And then the last piece of it is create a, you've got to create an emotionally driven story. Uh, you know, that's what we do. We help companies build those stories all the time. And I think it's important to know that you've got to build a story if it's built on understanding your customer, if it's, a, if it's built on reflecting authentically who you are, and you put those two together, you, you have a really good chance of building a strong EQ foundation for your brand. Absolutely. And, and you know, I'm laughing um, on this side of the microphone because when you talk about storytelling, that's something we talk about honestly almost every single week on this program is storytelling. And to be honest, um, Martha, you know, actually for small businesses, I actually think that that storytelling, frankly, comes easier than in some of the large brands and companies that we mentioned in the start of the program and talking about those introductions. And actually, a small business owner, an entrepreneur, the ability for them to tell their story authentically, which is I've been underlying on my sheet of paper in front of me um, quite a bit. I think I think it's so, so much easier. Would you agree? Oh, absolutely. And, you know, there's a fundamental passion when you're an entrepreneur, you're starting out, you're very passionate about your brand. And I think you're right. It's, it's very easy to build and a very authentic emotional story where sometimes uh, larger brands can lose sight of that connection. They're established, they're big, and I think they can get a little lazy or sumptive about you know, who, they're, who they're trying to connect to. And those bonds can get weakened over time. Or as we've seen over and over and over, there's so much change in the marketing landscape. And companies are going through transformations. They're merging with other companies. And suddenly that identity is shifting. And with it, that strong connection that they need to make with customers. So for bigger brands, they really need to pause and take a look at where they are, who they are, and how they're communicating. And that's where we come in and help a lot of companies do that. 
and we can look at it through a new, a new lens for them and, and help them kind of reinvigorate their message and their story. Um, so I think, yes, you're right. It's, it's easier when you're starting out to really be able to connect with who you are as a brand emotionally. And one of the things that, you know, we talk about perhaps after the break is that innovating, that innovating phase. But um, no, great notes. I'm, I'm taking over here. I'm chatting with Martha Marchese, um, the CEO of JK Design, a full-service creative agency with Powerhouse Roster. We've been talking about some of those brand names. Uh, very, very impressive. We've been talking about uh, storytelling and developing that uh, EQ, um, but authentic storytelling. We're going to continue our conversation with Martha in just a very quick moment. Don't touch that dial. You're listening to Get Down to Business, and we'll be right back. Welcome back to Get Down to Business, the show all about small business, jobs, and entrepreneurship. I'm chatting with Martha Marchese, who is the amazing CEO of JK Design. Um, been having a great conversation talking about emotional intelligence, EQ. And, um, you know, Martha, just before the break, I mentioned that word innovation because uh, I think, especially when you're talking about small businesses, but as small businesses become big, it requires a little bit of a different sort of hand at storytelling and starting to change things up. One of the biggest changes that we saw is certainly COVID. So what's that post-COVID world and why is this topic more important than ever? Well, you know, I think it's we are working in such a different way. We see remote and hybrid And what we've seen is that it's more challenging than ever to keep and make connections. And I think it's just a very, very different world. It's a more fractured world. So I think EQ and that that thread of emotional storytelling is so important in being able to find consumers where they are, meet them where they are, and be able to connect to them. You know, one of the things we're seeing is how important corporate social responsibility matters today to customers. It really, really does. And we've been helping companies tell their ESG and diversity, inclusion, and sustainability stories. And that matters a lot today. It's, it's frankly, corporate res- responsibility is white hot. And we've seen a bit of greenwashing happening where companies and brands are being taken to task for being, quote, fakers. So I think today it's, it's not enough to say you have a commitment. You need to prove you have a commitment. And this is where transparency and honesty are key. So, again, your, your relationship with your customers is going to be so much stronger if you're up front with them and let them know where you are in the journey. So I think today, too, it's so important to tap into what matters, things like corporate social responsibility, keep a pulse on the landscape and make sure that your stories are front and center. That, that allows you to connect with, with customers. Yeah, absolutely. Honestly, I couldn't agree more. But I want to zoom out for just our remaining minute or two. Um, and uh, I want to talk about your passion and how you got into this line of work, JK Design. And I mean, it's, it's really inspiring what you're doing and the subject matter expertise that you have on this topic. Martha, how did you get going and, and why, why do you continue to sort of hammer home on this messaging? Because A, we're, emotion, we're expert emotional storytellers, and I understand how powerful emotion is in storytelling and, and that what it can do for a brand and what it can do for its customers. And a quick side note, EQ is just as important on the inside as it is on the outside. We do a lot of employer branding work, and we see how important it is to connect with your talent. Let them know who you are, what your values are, helps you retain talent as well. So we understand how important emotional storytelling is across all audiences, across the entire spectrum, inside to outside. And so I think we look at everything through that lens to make sure that as a business, as a brand, you're connecting emotionally across all those audiences and all those touch points. So you know what? that's really what we're all about. 
Amazing. No, I really, really appreciate you sharing that. Um, and I've been taking good notes over here and I know we'll, uh, we'll make sure we get folks in touch with you um, via our show notes, but that's perfect segue. How can we get a hold of you and your team? If we want to just discuss this idea of emotional intelligence, whether it's for big business or small business. Absolutely. Well, you can find us at jkdesign.com. That's J as in jelly, K as in koala bear, jkdesign.com. <laughs> Uh, you can reach out directly to me, Martha M. at JK Design. Happy to connect, happy to talk to anyone about how we can help them build out those stronger emotional connections that will really help move their business forward. Uh, that's awesome. Fantastic. Um, again, Martha, really appreciate you sharing your expertise, your passion with our listeners. Um, we're wrapping up here on the show all about small business jobs and entrepreneurship. Check out our sponsors, Tom Mirabali, independent agent for everything health insurance and affordable care. You could contact him on his website, healthplanchicago.com, or give him a call, 630-863-3477, 630-863-3477, or again, his website, healthplanchicago.com. Just mention Get Down to Business. And speaking of Get Down to Business, make sure you subscribe, rate, view, and share on your favorite podcast app. Uh, just make sure you subscribe a great review and share makes it even easier for others to find the program. Get on my website, sykline.com. I honestly love to hear from listeners and love to get show feedback and hear who you think would be a great guest on this program. Uh, That's a wrap for us um, here. Have a great week ahead. We'll see you next Sunday at 6 p.m. right here on M56 The Answer. Have a great week to success. Let's get down to business. Three-star general, Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal record to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.